Welcome to 31 Days of Worldview Wisdom, a Disciple Nations Alliance podcast with Arturo Cuba. Arturo is among the earliest and most influential trainers of the Disciple Nations Alliance. In this audio series, he shares his highly practical teachings and examples of transformation. In this third episode, he talks about how we live by our paradigms, that is, our worldviews, and not by our religious beliefs. In a previous session, I explained how me and my generation of friends who became Christians in my time deal with interesting problem that happens most Christians, at least in the context where I come from in Latin America, is this type of dualism where God seems to be interested in the spiritual things only and not in the natural things. And that leads us to strange uh, situations, but they go against our faith. For instance, we always think about spiritual things like those we do the church. And if we think about the Catholic context where I grew up, we tend to call the church as the house of God. And that immediately makes me think that God is not at my home. So when I go to church, I tend to be a good person. I do everything right. I even feel right, probably. But when I go home, I get relaxed. Maybe I don't behave that well, and my children notice that. Well, if you do this through the years, if you think that God is in certain areas of life and is, or He's not concerned about others, you will get into trouble. And that's what I understand is a Christianity without a biblical worldview. This problem comes very destructive in the end, and we, we don't notice it uh, easily. Let me give you an example. I have lived for uh, many years, well, six or seven years in Guatemala. Guatemala is a wonderful country. I keep beautiful memories about this country and the people. And Guatemala is one of the most evangelized countries in Latin America. They have many records that you can think about in terms of this process of Christianization of Guatemala since the 18th century, when missionaries from the United States came to the country and filled the country with churches everywhere. Guatemala is a very, very small country, and I remember the year 2000, probably, in the newspaper that there were already 12,000 churches in the country. In such a small country, it means that you can see a church just watching in any direction, and that was true. Almost 30% of the population confessed to be evangelicals, and plus you can add some a good group of Catholics, and then you had a country with a, a huge amount of people who were believers, and you could notice that every Sunday. Mega churches, all sorts of ministries, and denominations with thousands of churches all around the country. But in spite of this, Guatemala was at the same time probably the most violent country in Latin America. If you consider other countries like Paraguay, for instance, that has a very little amount of Christians, was safer to live in Paraguay than in Guatemala. And at the same time, Guatemala had one of the highest rate of uh, child malnutrition. There is much poverty in Guatemala than what you could uh, think, and the distribution of land is very unjust. And the education was very low. And I remember my brother 
my oldest brother, when I told him that I was going to live in Guatemala, he told me, why do you want to go to Guatemala? Do you want to die? And I was supposed to go to a, a, a Christian country, what I could consider a Christian country. It was interesting to go to the international airport in Guatemala. You could easily see a, a big name in the evangelical world arriving or departing. So you could see Christians everywhere. And the question is, how come a Christian country can be a dangerous place to live? How come a country with so many believers in so many churches at the same time has a high rate of ch child undernourishment or the violence you get to see in Guatemala or you, you hear about is, is, is something you won't hear everywhere. I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. You, you see, something is wrong. The, the thing is, shouldn't it be the other way? Shouldn't it be a peaceful country, a nice place to live because it's populated by people who believe in God and confess Jesus as the Lord. But the truth is not. That, that's not what it happens. And my answer to that question is, yes, you have a huge population of people who confess Jesus as the Lord, who believe in the gospel, but do not have a biblical worldview. And that's what produces this type of Christianity when you think that Certain things are spiritual and they should be your concern and not the natural life. When you leave the natural life aside, you are saying Jesus is king in these things and he's not king in those things. So you can do whatever you want. So believers are not strong enough and they can fail in their personal lives or they can be surrounded by a society that is, is getting corrupted more and more. So the implementation of a biblical worldview is a very important process. And that's the only way to give all the answers that this type of Christianity needs and can at the same time encourage you to live a more exciting life of faith, being able to take the gospel to your home and take the gospel to your work. And principle by principle, you can take the kingdom of God to the rest of life. And then the whole nation can be blessed by a group of people who have uh, good news for the problems of society. And one of the things that helped me more to understand how to help people to get a biblical worldview is a material that was uh, made by Daryl Miller. It's called the Development Ethic. I have used it and it's a principle-centered um, teaching and it's quite interesting because it helps you to deal with paradigms that if it can become practical, it can help people to discover how can they transform, according to the Bible, many areas of their own life, starting from home. Principle Center means that we probably don't notice, but we work or we live according to many paradigms that we have accepted in our minds through the years, probably from our early years of life. Many of them do not come from scriptures. They need to be changed. But to do this process is a very, let's say, it's a very serious process. It's not something easy to do. But I have to be very honest saying this. That's the reason why I said that you can find people that can talk to you about biblical worldview, but essentially he's not saying that he's living it. Living a biblical worldview is always a 
confrontation with many issues that you have in your life and you, you were able to see it through this principal center. That happened to me when I started using it, but in my case, it's been uh, amazingly successful. And with the people I have worked during some years in Guatemala and Food for the Hungry, it proved to be a way of teaching that we should pay more attention, you know, because it's, it's, it's really nice. Teaching by paradigms, it's quite uh, an educational process that can give you uh, the chance to see how people changes effectively. Uh, the thing is that there is a fundamental idea in this principle center, or in, in the whole Bible, in fact, is that truth produces life and lies produce death. When I say death, I'm not saying that people just die. What I'm saying is that it produces the corruption of life, poverty, immorality of all kinds. You know, people get away from God if they follow lies. But I'm not saying truth or lies in the sense of simple concept. I'm talking about things that you probably don't know but are working in your mind from a long time. If you operate from a paradigm, you normally are not aware of that. For instance, something that you can see when you go to another country, I don't know if you have experienced this, but when you go to another country, you immediately see the difference in the aspect or in the appearance with the things you live at home. For instance, let's say if I come to the States, if I come from Latin America, and from some places of Latin America, the first thing that you know strikes me is that it is clean. Maybe for an American person, it's not noticeable because that's how the world is. But that's because it's it's a paradigm in their own minds. You know, they are careful about the trash and, and the things you leave outside. But we in Latin America are not that careful. In fact, for many people, it's normal if you just throw the the trash uh, on the sidewalk or so if you are an American and go to South America, you will probably be struck by trash. That's because you see it, but they don't see it. That's the power of a paradigm. If it's the idea that it's deep in your worldview, you won't be able to see it. And that's how life is normally lived. So it's hard to go to a place and to tell people about their problems when they don't see it. And it can happen in, in many ways, in many ways. I mean, probably, let's say, the way people dress. In some communities, people use a lot of clothes and because we have a sense of how to cover our nakedness. I don't know. In some places, women don't use short sleeves, or in others, they do, or short pants. And others, they don't. But if you go dressing in a certain way to a certain culture, you can be misinterpreted immediately because we all operate from different paradigms. So to deal with paradigms is a very interesting thing. And in terms of development, it's a uh, interesting thing to see that Poverty or corruption is produced by ideas that people have in their own minds, and they don't even know it. They can't see it. So what we do is we try to help, help them see it, and then is when an aha uh -huh moment happens. And that is especially important with Christians, because Christians come to the church, they 
give their lives to Jesus. They, they want to be good believers, but the problem is that they have paradigms that are not according to the Bible. And they need to be taught, they need to be trained, they need to be re-educated in a sense that they can become aware that uh, the kingdom values, the kingdom of God, uh, paradigms are, are different than them. That happened to me in many ways, and that happened to many people that I've been able to teach about this principle center. The thing is that normally when we visit a place where people are doing wrong things, we misjudge that in the sense that we think they do it intentionally with, with a bad heart. But most of the time, it doesn't happen that way. It's just that they see life and how the world works through certain ideas, and they cannot think in a different way. I remember when I was working in, in Guatemala, and we had to help indigenous people to progress. So I was in charge of a group of local people who live in the small city, surrounded by poor communities, but they were supposed to be a little bit more educated and more capable to do this work in order to help the indigenous who live around. I remember they were working happily with us. And one of those days, uh, our office asked us to be able to measure the changing of their behavior. I didn't understand the thing completely because that's very subjective, how people change. I mean, you can measure nutrition, weight, or things like that, but how people change is we have to come out with uh, an idea and to be able to measure it. Well, that was hard to do, and I had to explain it to the people that was working with us. And I told them, we are working for the changing and progressing of people, and we have to be able to measure it. And then and when I was talking about that, they began to watch to each other and see that something was going on among them. Well, finally, one of those guys, he, he asked for the, uh, the opportunity to say something, and I said, yes, what you want to say? And he said, brother, uh, because you are not from this country, I'm going to tell you how things are. It's interesting when someone tells you that because it's how he sees things. And he told me, we live in this country, and we know that these indigenous people, they don't change. They are just that way. That's why they are poor, and it's, it's worthless to try to help them to change. And I was just shocked because they were believers. They were supposed to, to be paid for to make a job that they were just simulating, probably, but they didn't believe what they were doing. That's a kind of revelation, that moment when you can see how people think, or they confess it. And, well, that conversation continued and ended up in something really good, but... You can see people uh, with a paradigm uh, different than others, and I can see the plan of God on them. I can see them uh, worth to educate them, worth to help them. I can see their potential, while others don't see anything. And that is caused by a paradigm in their minds. The only problem is that they are not conscious about that. So this group of people that I was telling this story, some months later, they said, yes, people can change. But that happened, too, because they were able to change, too. I mean, they didn't notice that they were stuck in their own situation. And God worked a lot uh, in, in that moment. But they were able to see that they could change more than they thought, and people, too. And everything changed at that moment. It was an exciting thing to see. But a paradigm can 
get you in bondage and you cannot move in any direction while you are still there. What you need is someone to help you see yourself and to get liberated of that. And that happens when you are able to uh, be educated in, in this type of principal center curriculum that leads with paradigms. So teaching through paradigms is something nice and very important to know how to do it. Most of the time, believers go to church and they sign for a Bible study. And what they get is verses and verses and memorize this, memorize, and they get nice information. But basically that cannot remove those paradigms. So you can find all sorts of believers that live in a place where things are clean and people are nice. And they memorize their verses and they do great in those Bible classes. And you can find believers in the other side of the world where things are just corrupt and they are good students too. So teachings like that cannot change behaviors. Until you understand the power of these paradigms and how to deal with them, you won't be able to make a progress. Thank you for listening. Here is a question you might want to ponder. How would you explain why a country can be 30% evangelical and yet struggling with many social ills, whereas a predominantly secular country like Paraguay has fewer social ills? Thank you again for listening. In the next episode, Arturo will talk about why it is important that our paradigms are rooted in truth.